Talk Live. Welcome to the program. Phones are open. If you want to join us, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can also join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com. Lots of features are waiting there for you, and they are free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And uh, coming up tonight, Chris, you've got a story about Russia and the Tor Project, the anonymity system on the Internet. It's probably the most popular one of them. There are multiple competitors. Um, but there's a bit of development out there, and you've got that story. But first, there's some news, and I consider it to be good news, even though I don't relish the idea of a civil war. But apparently, a majority of Republicans in a recent poll by the Southern Poverty Law Center, of all people, shows that a 53% majority of Republicans say that the nation, quote, seems headed unquote, towards another civil war in the future. Hmm. 44% of all Americans say the nation is headed to a civil war. I th- I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that they look at it as civil war because there's another possibility, which is an amicable divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason that all of these states need to stay together in one block there's as a matter of fact there's a lot of reasons that they shouldn't yeah and there's no reason it has to come to fisticuffs or gunfire or whatever kind of violence would be involved in uh, in a civil war because like you mm-hmm. said if you're not getting along just stop trying yeah just end it and yeah. that, that's why i say this is still i even though it sounds really negative i do see this as a positive because whatever undercurrent of discontent or frustration or anger that people are are feeling that's leading to this uh Mm. these impressions that people have can be channeled in a more productive direction which is to say let's get the word out about independence let's get the word out about secession there's no better time in our lifetimes to Mm. talk about these ideas than right now yeah you know i think a lot of people have this idea that you know you wouldn't be able to travel or i don't know uh, you wouldn't be able to trade or something um just because you had separate you know countries or you it would be up to the different countries right Right, some of them might make it so you can't travel to them it's possible it's Uh, possible but it seems unlikely from the ones that want to be economically successful would be more loose on their abilities to travel Mm -hmm. and trade and trade Yeah. yeah Uh, The data comes from the Southern Poverty Law Center, again, of all places, which found that support for the Great Replacement Theory, uh, referenced by the shooter who opened fire in a Buffalo supermarket last month, a total of 44% agree with the statement that the nation, quote, seems headed toward a civil war in the near future, unquote, according to the poll. That includes 53% of Republicans and 39% of Democrats. Hmm. The poll by the group and Tolchin Research came out in late April before the horrific shooting in Buffalo, where the assailants' digital postings were filled with conspiratorial and racist ramblings. In another concerning statistic, about one in five said they at least somewhat approved of assassinating a politician whom they believe was, quote, harming the country of our democracy, unquote. Wow. The figure included, Hmm. again, 44% of young Democratic men, uh, and 40% of young Republican women. 
that figure, I guess, is uh, that uh, Republicans are more likely to agree that some violence may be necessary to get the country back on track. Nearly 7 out of 10 agreed left-wing politicians were deliberately driving economic changes to gain power by, quote, replacing more conservative white voters, unquote. 7 out of 10. Uh, Terminology that suggests people are being, quote, replaced by non-white voters coming into the country. So, of course, the SPLC is going to try to uh, discern racist beliefs in people. They they definitely Mm. like to spin things in a way... um that that seems to i guess benefit them and or make us uh people think they they are somehow needed or producing something of value i think yeah i mean i don't think it really has anything to do with race i think the yeah. democrats are trying to get more uh socialists in because i th- you know people from the united states know better than to support socialism in general. I mean, there's. I, I think. I think what it would come down to is there's a disproportionate number of people, uh, immigrants, I guess, who are. I don't know if. I guess this is. I guess this is a true statement. Um, a lean socialist. Um, yeah. I don't think that's. True. I mean, you know, I don't think that immigrants lean socialist at all. Yeah, I think that. I'm, what I'm you'll not find sure is that's true. I, I'm just. That's what, that seems to be what they're, they seem to argue or think. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're necessarily going to succeed. Um, with that tack, because, you know, certainly there are a lot of immigrants who don't lean um, socialists, certainly the refugees from Cuba that I mm-hmm. knew down in uh, down sure. in Florida uh, have no desire for socialism. You know, they've seen what that looks like. It looks like starvation. Right. Um, a lot of immigrants come here. The, the whole talking point about immigrants are more likely to vote for Democrats or more likely to be socialist. Mm. It's just Republican uh, immigration or xenophobia, right? Oh, okay. It's just propaganda. Yep. I was just about to say, I was thinking it might actually be the other side that's doing the propaganda side. The Republicans doing that. As opposed immigrants to the- are more likely than Americans by a large amount, if I recall correctly, to be entrepreneurs. Yeah, they're more likely and that to makes start a, lot of a business. They're more likely to come here and do something they couldn't do in their home country. Right. And, and that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because there are a lot of these people are fleeing governments that are corrupt, oppressive, and oppressive, yeah. and so and socialist and socialist. They're not fleeing, you know, better off capitalist uh, systems for the most part. Yeah, and socialists aren't known for. I mean, take Sarah for instance, our regular caller. She's a self-described commie. Uh, they aren't known for being the best workers. You know, they're, no. they're they're sort of known for wanting to live off of the largesse of others and not have to ever work again. There's a whole quote unquote anti-work movement out there. And a lot of immigrants are some of the hardest working people you'll ever run into, whether they have the money to be an entrepreneur or not, because you do have to have some, oh, for some sure. capital to be able to open up, a you know, whatever it is, business you're looking to open up. But a lot of people come here and they live cheap and they live together and they keep, they bring their keep their costs down and they work at jobs that Americans just don't want to work. It, you know the crazy thing about that is a lot of these immigrants are sending money back home. They're sure. not even spending it on themselves. They're so they're sending it to their families. Yeah, remittances so, are a huge yeah. industry. So I don't I don't buy that. Um, but that said, it's it's amazing here that seven out of ten, and it doesn't say seven out of ten Republicans. It just says 7 out of 10, so I presume that means all Americans agree that left-wing politicians are driving economic changes to gain power by replacing more conservative white voters. Hmm. The SPLC said further, quote, What we found was a great deal of hostility for people on the other side of the political aisle. 
They said a, major, a majority of both Republicans and Democrats believe their political opponents pose a threat to the country and want to harm their political opponents. That kind of animosity could fuel partisan violence. You know, it does, it does seem to sort of be a true statement that they're, um, you know, both or both sides are, you know, they're they're, uh, you know, they're doing they're they're not doing what's in our interest, you know, the people's interest. They're doing what's in their interest, right? Right. Yeah. In the interest of the state, but the SPLC surprisingly they're absolutely right about this and that is that one side and the other side and we're just talking about the republicans and democrats obviously we acknowledge that there's third parties and other opinions out there sure. uh, i mean we're libertarians but these political uh, perspectives are rightfully seeing the other side as a threat because that's exactly what they are the state is a violent organization its tool is violence that's what it does primarily is it threatens people and it uses violence to get its way and both sides know that they want the violence on their side so they can try to sculpt society in the way that they want to whether it be the democrats passing socialism or the republicans forcing a theocracy on people or whatever it is we're we're talking about they mm. all want to have control of the guns of government. So, of course, the other side is seeing that as a threat. They are absolutely right to see it as a threat. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's interesting. They should I see, see both of them as a threat. Yeah, they, they, right. They should see they should see government as a threat as opposed to, you know, the opposing side. Well, well they see it threat. as a threat when it's not on their side. But it's they think it's okay I mean, when it's doing what they want. When it's on the opposing side, it's violence. And when it's, you know, on their side, then it's still a threat, even though it's even though they don't see it as violent. The number is 603-283-6160. And again, all of these are reasons why people should just break up rather than continuing to threaten each other. More coming up. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You can join us. 603-283-6160. And nobody and Chris in the studio tonight. That's 603 283 6160. Is the country heading to a civil war? And if so, what exactly do people mean when they say that? What do they have in mind when they say, Oh, yeah, I think a civil war is coming? It'd be interesting to ask, do you support civil war or something along those lines as well? You know, when they ask these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, because just because people think it's going to come doesn't necessarily mean they support it. True. That's true. Yeah. And do you support an amicable div- divorce? Because yeah, I've heard, good question. Uh, you know, I've heard people on both sides of the aisle call for that. I don't think, uh, I'm actually looking at the SPLC study here that was cited. Uh, we were reading a news piece about it earlier, just kind of going over some of the basic findings at the Daily Mail, but I've actually got the actual, their their story from their website, SPLC or SPLcenter.org, uh, and there's a lot more to be revealed here, but one thing they didn't appear to ask anything about was secession. So hmm. they didn't breach that subject in this particular survey, and although it is a lot deeper than what the news is reporting on, we'll get into this section on so-called anti-government beliefs, which you guys might find somewhat surprising here in a moment. But, uh, you know, it's not too late to wake up people with the truth, specifically with truth smacks. Our friend Suzanne, she's a former English teacher and longtime truth seeker. She recently started her own trail mix brand. She's making it, bagging it, and sealing it 
all herself down in a commercial kitchen in Naples, Florida. She calls it Truth Smacks because there's a heavy dose of truth on the back of every bag. It's basically a delicious outreach tool. You can hand a bag of amazing uh, snacks to friends, family members, complete strangers, however you want to do this. And uh, they will, if they're reading the back of the bag, be uh, be dosed with a good uh, amount of truth. There's some quite famous or infamous quotes on the back of each bag. There are two different varieties and two different sizes. You can also get the uh, peppermint-infused version as well as the original flavor. We're talking about some uh, fantastic snacks uh, that uh, is trail mix. You can get it over at truthsmacks.com slash shop. And uh, it's made with all raw, unadulterated ingredients and no artificial crap. It's only food as nature intended. And we've had it here in the studio, and it's absolutely fantastic. Truthsmacks.com slash shop. Did you enjoy it when you had the Truth Smacks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good treats. Truthsmacks.com slash shop. So um, here's some more from the SPLC study where they talked to both Democrats and Republicans uh, about their thoughts on the potential for a civil war among some other topics here. And I did, once I pulled up their actual uh, summary, I did find out that the 7 out of 10 or the nearly 7 out of 10, as uh, they referred to earlier, uh, that number of people who believe that like that white people are being replaced, that whole thing, that's actually was seven out, nearly 7 out of 10 Republicans. So it wasn't of, of all the okay. population. So just to clarify that. Uh, The central tenet of the anti-government movement, according to the SPLC, holds that the government has become tyrannical and is therefore the enemy of the people. Certainly true. Our survey found widespread agreement with that belief. And while faith in many institutions and officials remains high in some cases, they found limited confidence in others. These feelings can be exploited by anti-government extremists to create a political atmosphere where events like the January 6th insurrection are possible. So you can Have you ever noticed there are no pro-government uh, extremists? Well, they're all in power. <laughs> yeah, no matter how much government you want, you're not an extremist, but yeah. uh, but if you want a reduction in the amount of government, then you're an extremist. It's a good observation. Mm. Uh, just over half of all people, half of people in the United States agree that the government, quote, has become tyrannical, unquote, including 70% of Republicans and 78% of those who consider themselves, quote, unquote, very conservative. Only 29% of Republicans say they have even a fair amount of trust in the federal government compared to 60% of Democrats. Significantly Hmm. more Republicans have faith in their state and local governments, that is to say 51% and 59%, so Republicans saying 51% they like their state government, 59% like their local government, while Democrats' level of confidence remains steady across those institutions. And once again, the Democrats can have the federal government, as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to have any part of it anymore. Yeah, you know? I have to wonder where that line is, you know. Which um, line? You know, the crossing the ty- tyrannical line, uh, you know, so to speak, that people, you know, that they're speaking of. Um, it's, it's like one of these things where it's like, okay, was it when they, you know, started requiring driver's licenses? Was it when they, oh, they no got way. rid of the gold standard? Was it like, where, where, where was it? At what point? I suspect it was Joe Biden. Was it I, I, civil I, asset forfeiture? What, I, where, where was it that they, they thought it became too tyrannical? Well, I suspect it was Joe Biden. And if we can find out, I haven't looked yet, but I'd like to find out if the SPLC did this study during the Trump administration. 
Because mm. then I suspect the Republican answers would be very different mm, uh, than what they are today. Yeah, and probably the Democratic answers as, as would be well. changed as well. I mean, yeah. there were Democrats talking about secession during the uh, Trump era, and yes. uh, you probably won't hear it now that old Uncle Joe's in there. Forty-nine percent of Republicans believe that the twenty twenty election was quote fraudulent, rigged, and illegitimate unquote, and only thirty-six percent of the same group says they have even a fair amount of faith in elections officials. Just over half of Republicans believe the January sixth so called insurrection. Uh, I was uh, mostly made up of Americans, quote, protesting against election fraud and an unfair and illegitimate change in political leadership, unquote, a belief that is highest among Republican men under 50, where 60 percent agree. Those on the right also tend to believe that government is using January 6th, quote, to justify the political persecution of conservative Americans, unquote. 67 percent of Trump voters believe that as compared to 19 percent of Biden voters. The narrative is widely pushed by groups like the Proud Boys and hard-right politicians who've referred to those facing criminal charges relating to the insurrection as political prisoners. And I'm not a hard-right anything, but Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree that those people on that day were there to simply have an unauthorized tour, uh, it seemed, of that building. Because if they were there to do any sort of yeah. actual uprising, they would have lit the thing on yeah. fire. I, I think it's not like I was going to say it's not like they burned the city down. Yeah. This is which Democrats approve of. This is, I right. think this is I think that was more of a case of, and this is not just this specific case. I think this is just a, a, the case of a, the government always being so overreactive. You know, um, they 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 they're too harsh when it comes to uh, you know prosecutions of just individuals for you know everything uh, well no you know? wonder people believe the government is tyrannical yeah i mean mm-hmm. i think this is a kind of a perfect example really um it's it, it's not that i supported those who took an unauthorized tour so to speak um but uh you know it like seriously like what what is, it, is this really worth putting somebody, somebody in jail for five years mm-hmm. i mean it's no it's not it, it, this is ridiculous it's it's clearly not you know it wasn't a revolution it wasn't you know they weren't trying to take over america i mean this is ridiculous um they didn't try to burn yeah. anything down the a couple people stole a few things and that's that, about it don't forget the only person who was killed in that incident was a protester shot to death by the police the Capitol mm-hmm. police an unarmed woman yes uh so again if it were an actual insurrection the crowd would have had guns and would have done things that were actually violent. Mm. The number is 603-283-6160. But of course, the state used it to gain as much political mileage and expand itself and fund itself ever greater than ever before. There's more coming up here, and you can join us. It is Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com it's free talk live you can join us here and you can bring up whatever you want the number is 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160 We're talking about the 
the purported idea of a civil war, a lot of Americans, apparently, a majority of Republicans and a large chunk of Democrats, over 40%, uh, believe that the country is heading toward a civil war, and this uh, these numbers are coming from the Southern Poverty Law Center. In a study that they appear to have conducted this year, but I cannot find that they have conducted the same study in previous years. So this is a poll that they did in association with what they call the Year in Hate and Extremism 2021. So this is their their report on the previous year and, you know, quote unquote, hate and extremism. And so they conducted the poll of 1,500 Americans along with Tolchin Research in late April uh, to go along with the release of this particular study. So you can find other similar studies, the same title, the uh, so-called Year in Hate and Extremism from previous years. But I can't find, at least in the bit of re- look looking that I've done, I can't find the exact same poll questions being asked in association with those. So we don't get to compare year to year. Uh, we had speculated that likely the Republicans that believe that the government is tyrannical now would probably not have been answering the same way if they were asked that same question under the Trump administration. Uh, yeah, and and vice versa. I mean, the... Uh the other side was saying that the uh, federal government was run by Nazis. I yeah. assume they didn't want to live under Nazis. So at that point, you would think they would have wanted to secede or somehow free themselves from the uh, from what they saw as tyranny. If you want to weigh in here, the number is 603-283-6160, of course, uh, peaceful secession is the best possible solution because one thing that these people are right about, which is to say that the people that, that think there's a civil war coming, they're right that people cannot get along. And they are right mm. that if you keep trying to force people who will never agree on things, mm. if you keep trying to force those people to stay together and come to some sort of a living arrangement, it's going to lead to violence. And I don't want to see violence happen, but I know how the human animal responds to these situations. They've been put, people feel like they've been pushed far enough and they mm-hmm. continue to feel separated from their fellow man. And animals in general, that's how they start a cockfight, is they just shove the two roosters together um, until they get mad. And they don't want to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a there's an expression that's uh, build a fence to keep the peace effectively between neighbors yeah. mm-hmm. and this is good uh, fences make good neighbors yeah that's yeah right. <laughs> uh, Robert Frost right. yep. I think so the solution is of course peaceful uh, independence people peaceful secession and I don't see why anyone should oppose this and that's the thing it's so it's so well hard the reason to-, to oppose it is in is in order, in order to uh, you know use violence against those you you, you oppose you dislike. Well, yeah, I guess if you're really into using violence against people, you would you would oppose it. Yeah. But a lot of people just oppose it without even thinking. And it's because the whole concept of the nation state, of the idea of the United States, has been pounded so relentlessly into people's minds for their entire lives, for generations in mm. this country, that even though... When asked questions like this, they will see what the problems are. They'll see that the other side can't be reasoned with. Yeah. They'll see that there's a civil war coming, that there's all these problems, that people are being pushed further and further apart than they've ever been. They can identify all of that. But then if you say to them, well, what do you think about 
secession. Well, they'll say, whoa, we can't do that. You know, I, I bet you yeah. you'd get a different answer if you asked uh, two questions. One, do you support secession for uh, for uh, Puerto Rico? And do you support secession for... Well, Puerto Rico's not a state, but I see what you mean. Uh, but it's part of the United States, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, and do you support uh, secession for Hawaii? And I think those are two good examples because they're both islands mm-hmm. and they're not really anywhere near the United States, you know, mainland. And it, it would be interesting to see a difference. And I bet you you would get a yes more for Puerto Rico and no more for Hawaii. Because they're a state? I, no, because of the perception of Hawaii being part of the United States, mm-hmm. whereas Puerto Rico, not so much. Even though it's technically part of the United States. Hawaii does have a pretty strong secession movement, as I understand it. I've heard that. They do, um, but is it not a minority? And, and, and if you're, of course and I'm is. thinking more of asking the the population of the United States, like 320 million or whatever it is, not just the people in that state. Right. Yeah, I think that is an interesting approach is to ask someone whether or not they would support another state leaving because then they can look at it maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. or territory uh, for outside. that matter. It feels like they're from the yeah. outside, so mm-hmm. they might have a, a better like if you ask a bunch of conservatives, hey, should California be able to secede? You'll probably get a lot of them saying yes, simply because they understand that California is a threat to them. Right, the the leftism out in California, conservative see as a as a threat, and so they would agree that California should be able to leave. While mm-hmm. on the other hand, if you ask them about their own state, it it may be different. That Although be- we're going to find out soon because there is going to be a secession poll conducted uh, that uh, the folks over at the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence are going to be involved in, and I believe that's coming soon. It, if it's not already yeah. in the midst of happening. Uh, that poll is being conducted imminently, and it's going to happen in eight different states. And I don't remember all the questions, but there were some really good questions in there. I don't know if it was so much about other states seceding, but we are going to finally get an actual scientifically conducted poll from multiple different state populations as to how they feel about independence for that state. So I'm very excited about that. Definitely should be interesting. Yeah, yep. definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing it because you can't get a good secession poll out of the mainstream media, you can't get it out of you know Gallup or any of these organizations. They're just not asking the right questions. Every now and then they'll kind of scrape the surface mm-hmm. of it, but they never really get a solid series of questions. It's usually like a one-off or something like that. And this is going to be a poll that's all about it. That is going to be, I don't know, five or seven or something questions all relating to independence and what people think. So yeah, it'll be it, uh, pretty important. It's going to be hard to break that, you know, the brainwashing, the years and years of brainwashing you know, that, you know, government schools have put young people through for, I don't know, 50 years at least, I think. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one nation under God you know, indivisible, oh, yeah. indivisible, right? Um, Which was much- uh, written, interestingly enough, by a uh, by a socialist. And correct. Back in the day, uh, they used to do the fascist salute when they were doing the Pledge of Allegiance. That's right. I've they seen that. photographs of it. There was a guy named uh, Rex Curry down in Florida who was uh, all about. Um, letting people know what the what the Pledge of Allegiance really is about. I love that guy's work. Yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting. They couldn't, uh, as I understand it, they couldn't they couldn't basically keep the same, um, you know, symbolism. I guess, or uh, I don't I don't know what you would call that. But that the Nazis had. Yeah, basically, you can't do the same thing as the Nazis. Otherwise, you'd recognize how bad your own government is. That's why yeah. they changed it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, people don't know the history of the Pledge of Allegiance at all. It's not no. taught uh, in the schools. It's just banged into kids' heads. Mm. And, you know, we have to deal with the the fallout from that. And we have to be patient with people. We have to keep talking about this uh, this issue. But like I said before, there's no better time than right now when people are ripe for, um, you know, possibly hearing about a new idea. Instead of the mm-hmm. same old story of, oh, well, we've got to replace those guys in Washington. We've got to put good people in Washington and, you know, keep trying the same old playbook over and over again. Yeah. Yes. And keep trying to control the whole country. Yeah. If, if you want to control people, you know, you got to get them to hate somebody. And, uh, you know, if you, want to, if you want them to kill for you, you got to get them really to hate somebody and see them as different. And the reality is we're way more alike than we are different. Well, I mean, that's true as far as we're human beings and, and all that. But the ideas are where the, the differences are. And, I agree with you on that. And that's never yeah. going to be fixed. I mean, it's never going to be fixed. People need to separate and get together with like-minded people. Conservatives need to move to conservative places like Florida and uh, Texas. Leftists need to move to leftist places like the West Coast. New York and libertarians need to move to New Hampshire. There's no other uh, place for liberty-minded people than right here. There's more coming up in moments. You can join us on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here, and you can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight in the studio, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. want to say thanks to Tom McMillan, who is a Free Talk Live gold supporter of our AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help Free Talk Live get on more great radio stations all around the country and uh, expose more people to the ideas of freedom and peaceful secession independence yeah uh there's uh, i don't know how many shows are talking about this but they sure as hell don't talk about it as often as we do and probably don't talk <laughs> about it as uh as you know uh, interested in, yeah. the su- in the subject yeah probably uh, uh we the shows that cover that just that talk about it less than we do <laughs> Yeah, I, I suspect there are no shows that cover just that that topic. Yep. Um, if there is a secession, pro-secession only show and that's all they talk about, I, I would feel, love to hear about it. I feel like there is some... I, I thought somebody was doing something in our community. Oh, you mean like a podcast or some something? Some sort of podcast or... Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like radio. Okay. No, 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 I mean, no, there's no. probably a secession podcast out there. I just don't know what it is. I just feel like we probably talk about it more on this show than even, even, though, even that podcast i don't know about and, that and I, and I say that because talk about it every night yeah it's true but if you do if you talk about it even once a week and it's a three-hour show i don't yeah, know maybe i mean most shows probably what podcasts are probably not i'm not more looking than once for a, a secession award but uh but we certainly think it's an important topic absolutely and, uh, and people need to start thinking about it and they need to start talking about it and if you find yourself interested in this dis- in this topic of, of peaceful independence then you should start talking about it. And I don't just mean call talk radio, but that wouldn't uh, hurt. Like, that's one of the things Dave Ridley does a lot around here in New Hampshire is he, Ton of he kind of makes the rounds. He, he's got a list of talk radio stations. And it's New Hampshire, so there aren't that many stations and there aren't <laughs> that many live shows. So he doesn't really have that many to call, but he'll call Boston area stations, too. And he'll promote the idea of New Hampshire independence, and he'll talk about like whatever the latest news is uh, around what's happening in New Hampshire with regards to NH exit, for instance. And so he gets the word out 
in a very effective way to, you know, considering the amount of time that he's, he spends on it. You get on a talk radio show, many of which are, there's a lot of times on like a local talk show, there's no one on the lines. Like we're a quote unquote national show and there's not a single person on our phone lines. There has not been for the entire hour. Some people might listen to the show think, oh, you guys never take a call. No, we don't have a call to take. And and that's something that they don't ever want you to admit in talk radio. It's like one of the rules of talk radio is you never talk about how many people are on your phones. Well, <laughs> we're honest on this show. If you don't hear us taking a phone call, it's probably because there isn't anyone there. And you know the interesting thing about that is it's not that there's not a lot of people listening. There are. It's just there most are, people yeah. most people I think most people are just nervous about calling oh, yeah, talk absolutely. radio. Um, mm-hmm. So they don't, and, and the supermajority of listeners will never call. Yeah, talk it's, radio. And it's that's fine. And then you end up, and it's funny because then you end up with a lot of um, people kind of on the, uh, you know, uh, on the line when it comes to rash or sanity, I guess, calling. Yeah, because, you do get more crazy because you know they not. don't, you know, I guess they have no uh, perception of like what other people think of them or care mm-hmm. at least. I think that's true. That's definitely been my observation over the years. Um, so if you are somebody who supports independence. Take the Ridley approach and call a local talk show. It doesn't matter if you're in New Hampshire or you're in Texas or Florida or California or wherever. Use the opportunity to get – as long as there's still people listening to the radio. And for now, there's, there still are. It hasn't, it hasn't died off yet. I think uh, every car still has a radio, right? <laughs> whether people use it or not is going to start to change over time. But yeah, they do still I mean, come with them. I, I, Some cars don't come with AM. Some cars you only get FM now. I did not know yeah. that. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have a hard time believing that people don't listen to radio anymore. Like, I, I mean, it's such an easy thing to click a button as opposed to like, you know, streaming is still harder to do. Something. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, it's still so easy, you know, yeah. just to click a button on your car. And I don't listen. Like, it's kind of funny the to problem, say this, but I don't listen to radio really. And sure. yet, I occasionally have clicked the button, you know, or you know, I haven't turned the radio off when I was on because somebody else drove my car. And so even I listen to radio sort of wow. every once in a while. And you're not their target and i'm definitely yeah yeah Yeah, that is one of the nice things about radio is it's instantaneous there's no buffering you don't have to hunt around for you know to find a link or or whatever so it's a lot harder yeah and it's not Uh, like there's a paywall either like a lot of a lot of times there's a paywall for like satellite radio or um you know streaming uh i don't how does that streaming stuff work is there like some sort of internet connection i uh, yeah a podcast i mean i guess people are listening to podcasts mostly yeah podcasts are way bigger than live streaming yeah almost no one by comparison listens to live streaming so it's it's almost a vestige of the past of the internet really I think like when I think radio, I think like news and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Are there, I mean, there's not, I guess there's, I mean, I guess there's news podcasts, but I'm just trying to think like, is there an equivalent for like, for news for like, for, for listening or is, must it, be. is it just, is it just like people listening to podcasts? Like on their there's a ton of topics? podcasts. Many of them are focusing on news and things like that. I, I don't look in detail at the different options out there, but there are just a ton of See, uh, content. If I'm going to turn the radio on, it's probably because like, oh, I'm kind of curious about what's hap- what people are talking about in the news, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I don't know. Oh, right. Some people listen to music, but you're not a music guy. Right. So there's people that listen to music podcasts. There's others that use music streaming services. The listening landscape is definitely changing out mm. there. There's no doubt about it. And obviously with podcasts, you don't have the ability to interact with them in any way that's significant. You can't, they're not live, so you can't listen and, and call in live. So while we still have 
the ability to listen to live radio. It's a great option for people to, to reach out to and, and become the secession guy or gal that you know that calls in regularly. And if there's more than one of you, then that would be even better because it's always better to have a movement than oh, to be yeah. the lone person out there, the one person who supports whatever the issue that we're talking about in this case secession i used to be that guy uh in florida i used to be the lone guy with the honk if you hate taxes sign on tax day outside of the post office and let me tell you it sucks uh to be that guy and yeah yeah you know i honestly i never did anything even close to that until Mm -hmm. i moved to new hampshire because it's like why? Why bother? I mean, it's it's not worth your time and effort. Well, I, I, I didn't know it wasn't worth and, my time and, and effort. I had to learn that. I know, I know you did. But and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I never did anything. Yeah. You know, you know, I guess activism wise, but mm-hmm. I certainly never held a sign up in a yeah. town that you know, like in like, Jersey. Yeah. Right. Like, what good is that going to do me? Well, you know, for or anybody. For me, I got excited by the Libertarian Party, uh, their presidential candidate Harry Brown in the year 2000, and it launched me into doing activism and. And when you have nothing else, no real hope, as the libertarians outside of New Hampshire have no hope and they never have, uh, when you have no hope, the best you can do is try to recruit people. And so that's Mm. what I focused on doing and uh, did a lot of outreach, a lot of, uh, you know, booths at festivals and and things like that. See, to me, that makes sense if you have, you know, if you have a minority and you have some place to go like New Hampshire, mm -hmm. but to do that. And in your own state, when you're never going to be able to drum up enough support, that that's the thing that I have a hard time understanding or getting over in terms of you know doing that or even starting to do that. Well, I mean, you don't know that you're never going to have success unless you try. Well, that's true. Yeah. So I put a lot of time and, and effort into that and then thankfully found out about the Free State Project and instantly thought wow well that's a really good idea let's uh let's let's do that instead let's let's actually mm-hmm. concentrate uh the libertarians into one small geographic area because i knew by that time and i hadn't been doing i think free state project started in 2001 i probably found it the next year in 2002 i'd only been an activist for a couple of years but that was long enough for me to know that yeah. this wasn't going anywhere that even though uh you could find libertarians like my outreach i was able to find libertarians because mm. that was the whole point of the outreach was to identify who's a libertarian give them more information and hopefully get them active it was the getting them active part that never really went anywhere there was no no almost no one who ever would come to a libertarian party meeting and if they would then they'd come once and they'd never come again yeah because they're they're awful yeah and you can't blame anyone for not wanting to be in, involved in in that process yeah the whole free state project the whole idea of it just seems fantastical and like it could never happen and honestly, it like, is happening though. It, uh, yeah, this and is the thing. Winning. I didn't think I I didn't pay attention to it at all. Mm. You know, in uh, what was it, two thousand and three or five? So you five, heard five. about it back then? Yeah, I heard about it, when it off? before. Yeah, and I blew it off because I'm like, oh, that'll never happen. I mean, not that I wasn't interested. I just never thought you didn't I, even I, think people would move. Oh no, no, definitely not. Oh, I mean, wow. there's so many. I mean, think about it. there's so many. I mean, okay, so there's been more Me Too movements since that time period, as far as you know, states and people doing something like that. But it just seems so fantastical. Um, you know, how do you, how do you, it's, it's like the chicken and egg problem, right? Like, how do you like get enough people who will do something before others will realize, oh, it's actually not crazy. You know, there are other people, there are enough people who are willing to do it where you could actually have well, the free impact. state project solve that problem. 
by having a pledge. Early movers solved that problem. Well, that's true. I think in particular, but the pledge was also a really good idea. Yep. Uh, And it is a good thing people didn't wait, and it's great that they moved early to to lay the the early groundwork to create the institutions now, like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance and other great groups that are here doing just irreplaceable work that is not being done anywhere else. There's more coming up here. Hour number two is on the way. We'll get into Russia and tour coming up on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. All you got to do is dial in 603-283-6160 as we kick off hour number two. And again, 603-283-6160 is Russia. We're going to be unblocking the Tor website. Tor being the onion router, the anonymity system, supposedly. For the internet, you can go and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that coming up here with Chris. He's got that story with you tonight. It's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And we go to your phone calls. We were just talking about him and now he's here. It's Dave Ridley on the line from New Hampshire. Dave, we were just discussing uh, how you have a habit of calling local talk radio stations and talking about New Hampshire independence and peaceful secession and we were recommending that other people try the same thing in, in their area. I don't know if that's why you were calling, but uh, what was on your mind tonight? No, I guess my ears were just burning, <laughs> like you said. Uh, uh, but, but uh, yeah, in fact, I just got off the phone uh, with another radio show hour or two before calling you. I was calling some local radio show in New Hampshire about something uh, independence-related, New Hampshire independence-related. Um, but um, actually, what I was calling about today, well, I guess it's also somewhat related to independence. Uh, you know, Matthew Santinastasso, the state rep in Ringe, who is pro-independence, uh, who helped sponsor New Hampshire independence legislation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So he and his uh, eight-year-old daughter have been out putting up uh, Lily Tang Williams signs. Do you know much about her? Oh, yeah. Lily Tang Williams. We've had her on the show, I believe, from maybe the Porcupine Freedom Festival in the past. She is a real go-getter. She's got a ton of energy. She's a lady from China originally who managed to escape from China and the tyranny that they have over there, escaped to the United States. And uh, they actually interviewed her recently on Free State Live, which is the Monday night show that uh, Free Staters have been doing in the last roughly half a year 
And of course, she told the detailed uh, her story from you know moving from China to ultimately to Colorado and now to New Hampshire in the last few years as part of the Free State Project. Uh, she's uh, she's a real firecracker, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that is it okay to call someone from China a, a firecracker? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I don't know. That might be a. <laughs> she probably wouldn't be offended by that I, though. She's I really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I doubt she would be, and I'm pretty sure you didn't mean that in an offensive way. No. Hmm. Yeah, I like her a lot. Dave, uh, have you had a chance to meet her? Uh, not exactly. She's running for Congress. Uh, and um, I. it's funny, she was at the, in the secession conference at, at last year's Porkfest, uh, and she was all over it, I think. I, I don't know, technically, I don't know what her position is on New Hampshire independence, and that would be interesting to, to find out. She's, uh, she was, uh, I know I was standing right next to her, but I didn't meet her. Right. She was, mm. she was, uh, talking to Daniel Miller. She was, uh, as soon as that meeting was over, she went straight to Daniel Miller and made sure, you know, some, someone introduced them and Daniel Miller is the, uh, the main guy in Texas for Texas independence. He's one of the, the longest running in New Hampshire, not New Hampshire, but, uh, secession activists in all of the United States. Hmm. Yeah, I would say he's America's top independent activist. Uh, and really Seems like a fair claim. Most, yeah, mo- probably the, the nation's most interesting politician. Uh, the empire's <laughs> most interesting politician. Uh, but yeah, she, I know she was make, really interested in talking to him, but I, I still don't know precisely what her, what her position is on independence. Uh, but I was just curious what, what you guys knew about her, whether you knew anything about her stand on stance on independence. Offhand, I don't know, but uh, I suspect she would be in favor of it. I mean, she is a free stater, and uh, anybody who has moved here as part of the Free State Project, while not all of them support New Hampshire independence, it seems to me that a supermajority of them do. I would be surprised if she didn't. Uh, but you know, if There's, you get a chance, you should ask. There are a few agents among us that uh, are going to be unopposed to it. So federal agents, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, there's a limit to how free New Hampshire can be as long as it remains part of the empire. So. Now she's running for the for the Republican primary for Congress. I That's believe right. she is running against New Hampshire's uh, mayor in New Hampshire. Oh yeah, I heard that the mayor of Keene has announced he's going to run for that uh, that election. Wait, we're talking about no, we're talking about uh, Senate. Uh, no, no U.S. representative. Oh, oh, you okay? U.S. Gotcha. Yeah, there's a few people that are going to be in that race. I suspect it's probably going to end up as five or six people in that that Republican primary. Hmm. Also, doesn't don't we have a free stater running for U.S. Senate in New Hampshire? Yeah, Bruce Fenton. Uh, we actually have two of them running for U.S. Senate. Bruce Fenton, who is a Free State Project mo- uh, mover from Massachusetts. He's a programmer. Uh, well, I don't know if he's a programmer. He's an idea guy, basically. He's he worked in the uh, uh, he worked in the stocks industry prior to finding cryptocurrency, and he is the founder of Ravencoin, which is one of the uh, the various different cryptocurrencies out there on the planet. Uh, very successful guy, and he's planning apparently to self-fund his campaign. So he's 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 got you know a few million dollars worth at least that he's throwing, planning on throwing at this campaign, uh, and he's running as a Republican for U.S. Senate here in New Hampshire. He's it's interesting the the media's response to him has actually been positive, which is the hmm. weird thing because normally like nobody when you ran against uh, Sununu. 
revenue in 2020, they completely ignored your campaign. Mm-hmm. But with Bruce Fenton, he's been getting attention. There, are, like the media is having a pile of money helps. Yeah, well, but he hasn't even really spent it yet. Yeah, I'm, that's the thing. I'm they, wondering. Uh, yeah, here's a question: Do do uh, politicians run like ads in newspapers and like like? I'm just maybe. wondering: Is there an incentive for people that they know who have money to say good things about them in order to in get their yeah, in hope they'll possibly? Because I'm wondering yeah. if there's a bias going on, and that's the you know that's, that's how come we thought, end up yeah. you know with the media speaking well about some people and not so well about other people yeah. and it's like wh- why did you speak poorly about this person and not and, and you only had good things to say about this well, other in person nobody's and, case they just ignored him completely in yeah bruce fenton's case mm-hmm. they've actually interviewed him they've given him a chance to speak for I himself was interviewed by by some places the boston globe i think true uh, but not that many, not and not that many. many in New Hampshire either. You actually had more attention from Massachusetts. You had, a, I think, a rock radio station you did an interview on mm-hmm. uh, down in Massachusetts. And, and was that because of the uh, intrigue of your name? That's absolutely why it was. Yeah. Because because that's yeah. kind of that's kind of a different that's a different piece. That's a different story, right? Well, whatever. As long as you get you the coverage. I mean, uh, but they ignored him here, and so they've been interviewing Bruce Fenton. He's been getting a lot of attention from the the media. Whether that'll translate into a win, uh, we have no idea. He's, yeah, who knows? It's, it's a long way between now and the the primary. But once uh, if Bruce can get through the primary. Then he will face Jeremy Kaufman, who is also a Free State Project mm. participant, who is running as a libertarian uh, this time around. Now, the Kaufman campaign is still getting petition signatures, so they've got to get 3,000 valid petition signatures in that's order to get him on really the ballot. really interesting if he's going to run as an actual libertarian. He is. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. And if you've seen any of his campaign ads, you know Jeremy Kaufman is probably the most entertaining candidate we've had in a long time as far as mm. the messaging. Oh, yeah of his campaign is absolutely fantastic with the war is gay ad uh from a few months ago really just getting shared around on the internet got it i would say it hit viral status to some extent uh so i'm looking forward to it it would be wonderful if we can actually have a libertarian um versus a libertarian running as a republican for uh for u.s senate in the general election that would be great yeah i was actually amused that uh life seems to be imitating art in that there was a uh, uh, the Marines didn't add for Pride Month oh my God. where they had rainbow uh, helmet with rainbow bullets in it. Unbelievable. And I was thinking, wow, this reminds me of Jeremy Kaufman's yeah. War is Gay. <laughs> it, um, but they're serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Dave, I don't know if you heard about this, but the libertarian movement in New Hampshire is so big now, there's been a schism within the libertarian party, and there may actually be a second libertarian candidate uh, running for U.S. Senate. So if they – and we don't know who that person is yet, but there's uh, there's a group of candidates that are upset about the new Mises Caucus takeover of the libertarian party, and so they're running competing libertarian candidates. Uh, again, they will have to also get the 3,000 ballot si- signatures, but if they all do it, there's a good chance there will be two libertarians on the ballot. Oh. Uh, from which to choose. You know, I wonder if this is going to be wow. good for us as a whole because if you've got more people competing competing amongst you know other like minded people, yeah. that might be an incentive to you know fight harder. I think I think that's true. Uh, Dave, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Where else do you get more than one libertarian on a ballot? Right? Get multiple <laughs> candidates to vote for. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open if you want to join us here. The number is 
number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, we've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We were talking with Dave Ridley there from RidleyReports.com about the bevy of libertarian candidates running for office here in New Hampshire uh, in this election season. And there's always a bunch of them. There's always, you know... I don't know, close to 100 in any given, maybe more than that, in any given uh, state election. Some of them get knocked out of the primary. I mean, I'm expecting that to happen to me. Uh, I'm running <laughs> I'm running in the uh, the state Senate race here in the Keene area, and I'm running as a Republican in the Republican primary, and they, they primaried me the, the second day. So I went in on the first day, and I was the first <laughs> to file, and then they had a 56-year-old guy who uh, they had file the next day. I looked at his profile. I didn't recognize him because I've been to some of the Republican events around here. I didn't recognize him, but... Uh, I guess he works for the government, number one. Of course. And oh, he, he had uh, an image on his campaign page from when he ran in 2020 for a different seat, ran for state rep, of the uh, one of the write-in candidate yard signs going up against our co-host, Aria Demetso. Oh. <laughs> so he was one of the people that apparently was involved with trying to take down Aria when she was running for sheriff. So, Funny. So now he's the one that's running against me in the Republican primary. So some of us won't make it through the primary, uh, but others will. And there's actually a lot of uh, Republicans who are actually libertarians, and many of them have been involved with the Republicans for a lot of years, and they've kind of climbed their way through the ranks here. I wouldn't call it an infiltration because they don't hide the fact that they are they are libertarian. I mean, how do you hide when they? I mean, when they uh, talk to you? I mean, yeah. yeah this, is, this is one of these things where I've, I've always thought it was it was hilarious that accusation that we hide. Um, there's uh, what is it, the Grand State Pro- uh, Progress or uh, they put out a report on like who the libertarians are. Yeah, who they are want running. to out the free state. Right, right. So like, <laughs> like how do you hide? Like it, it's not, most people are not like hiding their views before they run for office. So all you got to do is a Google search for a candidate in most cases, and you're going to find out if they're a libertarian or not. Mm-hmm. Um, at least if they're a free stater, because, you know, free staters tend to be more active than, you know, your average pop person, you know, yep. outside of the state. Um, so it's yeah, this is like this is like one of these things where it's like even and it's funny, like even even like like Bob, when Bob ran for Manger, like he couldn't even hide because your partner. He, yeah, my partner, because he had uh, he had done. Uh, I'm trying to think what we did. We did that like alcohol um, beer pong. We did yeah, beer, pong beer pong way long time way ago. long time ago. That was like right after you moved, right. I think. And there was a story uh, somewhere. I don't, I don't know where it was. I don't know if the report. I don't think they did a report or uh, a reporter came out, but I don't think they actually did a story on it. But I think it was mm-hmm. on Free Keen. But the whole point is, I, I guess we maybe could have tried to hide it or something. But like the mm-hmm. whole point is, it's it's not like it's not going to come up. It's going to come up if you do a search. Like yeah. even people who, for the most part you know don't have any real you know history they still you can still find information out about them when it comes to their you know libertarian values and things like that on the internet these days so yeah sometimes they get it wrong they uh they had the uh, well, article just bad reporting. <laughs> misidentified uh bob is me that's right that, that was pretty funny <laughs> yeah. and, and you know they do that a lot actually um there's numerous people over the years who they've misidentified in like pictures and sure and it's it's they like 
never gets corrected. Yeah, it never gets corrected. There's never an apology. There's never a retraction or correction. And it gets pointed out. And it's like this is this is the the poor uh, level of reporting that goes on, you know, everywhere really these days. The real question mm. this year is going to be how many free staters are, are going to run as Democrats who've managed to successfully infiltrate the Democratic Party? Because with the Democrats, you have to be a little more careful. They're very, very cautious with who they uh, allow to run. There's a lot of like internal approval and a lot of like internal bureaucracy, from what I understand, mm-hmm. within the, the New Hampshire Democratic Party. There's a lot of control. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's very, very difficult. You can't just go in there and weigh, you know, wear your libertarianism on your sleeve if you're going to run <laughs> as, a, as a Democrat. But nonetheless, I saw the Free State NH account on Twitter. Uh, claiming that there will be multiple free staters running as Democrats this year as well, so we're I, you know, freak out trying to find out who's who. I yeah. I have to say I like that. I love that they're running as not just Republicans because it's so it's it's unfortunately too often the case that people. Mm, especially on the left misidentify libertarians as like republicans, as republicans and yeah. it's like no 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 it's no no true. that's not true at all you know it's like you know the the uh, republicans are not like pro gay or you well, know well that's the thing you know, uh, b- before you go off on that uh, you have to remember, New Hampshire Republicans are not the same as Republicans in the South sure. or in I, I, you know, I other don't, places. I don't disagree, but there's definitely not a pro-gay stance or a pro-minority stance. New Hampshire stance. Republicans were actually instrumental in passing gay marriage in New Hampshire. New Hampshire was the first state uh, to pass gay marriage through the legislature. A lot of other states did it through a ballot measure, sure. through voters. New Hampshire did it legislatively, and it wouldn't have happened without Republican support. So you can't really just go off and say you know what okay. a New Hampshire Republican is in the same way that you can't say sure. the same thing about New Hampshire Democrats. I was just listening to uh, Justin O'Donnell, who went to a gun show recently. It just happened, I don't know, last weekend or something here in New Hampshire in the Concord area. And they said it was really interesting because the people at the gun show were arguing about uh, political issues. Like normally if you go to a gun show, you expect like in the South, I used to do outreach booths down there and we would always do the world's smallest political quiz. Were which, you in the South or in Florida? Because well, the South is north of Florida. I've heard that <laughs> argument. Anyway, I was in Florida and uh, you would expect when you would do the world's smallest political quiz, which is a little quick quiz that you can get to people to find out their political leanings, is that if you're at a gun show, you're going to get conservatives and libertarians. Yeah. And that's how, that's the way it was. Uh, but here they said people were arguing over political issues from a left-right perspective. There were literally Democrats at the gun oh, show yeah. mm-hmm. buying weapons yeah. in New Hampshire. Well, I you know, and I think part of that is probably because the Democrats in New Hampshire tend to be less leftish uh you know they and and and, the, and they're leftish it's just they grew up with guns. Well, yeah. That's the difference. But uh, you know, it's they have and I'll give you an example like I, I think there was a I recall there being a protest at the state house and they basically bust in people from Massachusetts mm-hmm. and, yeah. it, and I thought it was pretty funny um, you know that it was basically all the people at the at this New Hampshire supposedly New Hampshire protest were from out of state oh yeah and mm-hmm. it's like that happens I mean <laughs> I don't know 
That that definitely happens. I'm talking about the people who are from New Hampshire, and those yeah. are the kinds of people that would be at a gun show uh, in New Hampshire. So I'm just giving you examples of how you know, like Democrats in New Hampshire are more likely to own guns than Democrats outside of New Hampshire. Republicans in New Hampshire are more likely to be okay with gay marriage than you know Republicans outside of New Hampshire. So New Hampshire really is this kind of purple place as far as left and right are concerned, where your preconceived notions don't always apply. They may in some in some yeah, cases, I, but we even have purple rain. Yeah, it's I, again. I, mean, I was I was speaking very very very. Generalizing sure. there, in my defense, but um, yeah, I mean, there's there, the point. The only point that I was trying to make was that there's definitely still differences between the libertarians in New Hampshire and the Republicans oh, absolutely. in New Hampshire. But I wasn't. I don't know if I was necessarily speaking just about New Hampshire. There are but, differences, but the fact yeah. is, the libertarians here have been uh, successfully integrating themselves into the Republican Party and less openly so i think into the democratic party and that just means there's going to be a ton of candidates both republican and libertarian on the ballot uh this this year and it's very exciting uh there's more coming up here in moments if you actually want to win as a liberty-minded person you gotta be here in new hampshire 603-283-6160 this is free talk live Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual ForkFest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. Forkfest.party. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio, it's Ian, Nobody, and Chris. And don't forget, you can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by bitcoin.com. If you want to start learning about cryptocurrency, we've been talking during the breaks. Actually, we haven't mentioned this on the air yet, but apparently there's some sort of an agreement in place over at Chipotle. Uh, they've done a deal with a company called Flexa that is offering uh, people to pay with, I don't know, a few dozen different cryptos, including Bitcoin Cash, uh, Bitcoin and Dash, and several others, Litecoin and, and more, at the point of sale at any of the almost 3,000 Chipotle locations. Now, there's very little online as far as showing exactly how mm. this process works. Uh, but it's still an interesting uh, bit of news. If you want to learn about cryptocurrency, learn the basics first. Go click Get Started at the top of the page over at Bitcoin.com, and they can help you. There's some introductory videos there that will give you, the uh, again, some of the basic concepts, decentralization of money, getting it out of the hands of the banks and the governments of the world, why that matters so much. You can go to Bitcoin.com and get started on that process right there at the top of the page. Just click Get Started. And don't forget, they've got the news section there over uh, at news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines 
on a daily basis from the world of the cryptocurrency over at news.bitcoin.com. We go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nobody, and Chris. Oh, yes. I just found out that our county commissioners in the Bernalillo County, they want to get after the speeders and the drag racers now, too. So they were on the radio news uh, talking about that. So the so the county is an area outside of the Albuquerque city limit. So uh-huh. there's a, yeah, so so it's less busy and there's a lot of roads that are far switches and not too many people. So they've been speeding and drag racing for years, decades. And uh and it has uh, caused a lot of people uh, to die and cause a lot of accidents and now they want to do something about it, and I'm I'm thinking, what are they going to do? You know, because they well, know what that. What are they going to do? I, They're going to enrich their own uh, their own coffers, steal a bunch of money. You well, mean give out you know, tickets? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what well, I've I've been bugging them for years. I've been calling them up, each one of the county commissioners, and and um and I have been telling them to put the speeding cameras. Would you describe yourself bed. as a busybody? <laughs> um, no, I, no, I am not a busybody because they they talk about a problem on TV. We got drug racers uh, um, on the county, and I, I hear people talking about it, but they don't want a solution. They want to be a numbskull. It's very stop. It's very easy to put a mobile speeding band. And get the drag racers, so, uh, get the speeders. They don't want a solution. Sarah, I, I have a question. Would you support a drag racing track of some kind to solve the problem? I mean, you're you're a socialist, right? You're a communist. You, you mean like a government you, drag racing? Yeah, like track? a communists. Uh, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the thing about it is, uh, yeah, but, but uh, that sounds like a good idea. But if you, <laughs> the thing is, if you allow to do it, this is a place where you do it. Um, what are they going? What, what are people going to do? They're rebellious. They're going to do it in an illegal place. Mm. That's so, the whole so point. True. It's is, fun. Is 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 that is that like one of the things about drag racing? You have to you have to be doing it illegally or something. It certainly makes it more well, uh, appealing. Attractive, I think, okay, a certain group. Oh yeah, yeah that's the whole fun of it. Would it's, you say you're against fun? Law. I mean, you you've identified <laughs> that it is fun to do these things, but you are against this. So, are you against fun? Well, the fun is that they run into a school bus and they flip it over. The kids are flying across the bus and the three of them get their bones broken and the pelvic Wait, bones broken. Wait, has this happened or are you just speculating? How often has this happened? Yeah. That wasn't a drag racer that hit that school bus, was it? Well, I think they were, they were, a, drug race, they were a drag racer. I thought it was and a the, truck. The no, there were two drag racers, and they caught one because that one that that was the one that dra- ran into the bus, and the other one they they finally caught him later because he ran off. But they were drag racers, and they're doing hundred miles an hour. So no, they were that was not by the the truck driver. The truck has nothing to do with it. It was the drag racers that was doing that in the residential section. So then you know they're always. The big question was, oh, are we going to put the seatbelt? Well, what about the people that are drag racing and speeding? You know, that's beside the problem. So, no, this is interesting that you uh, that you're required to wear a seatbelt unless you're in a school bus, in which case (laughs) you can't have a seatbelt. No, I mean, so I think eight states do require a seatbelt. So our New Mexico was considering that, but. 
these um, things, these kind of accidents uh, are very seldom, but when it does happen, pe- kids get really hurt. And it was done by the drag racer. Well, it just racers. goes to show, I mean, the fact that this drag racer hit the school bus, flipping it on its side. Uh, we, uh, You'd called about this one night. Uh, and we did pull up the video, and it's it's pretty crazy for sure. Those hmm. you know poor kids, but obviously this was happening during broad daylight. You know, normally when you think of drag racing, you think it's late night. Yeah, you know people are out in the streets. The streets are relatively empty. But you had people that were drag racing in the middle of the day when there's a high chance that there's going to be a cop somewhere around. But they hmm. did it anyway. So I think it just goes to show, Sarah. There's really no amount of you know increasing government that's going to stop these these people they're they're already doing it high risk areas uh with uh, without concern apparently for you know what's going to happen well that's why i'm advocating for the robocops because i think robocops like are you serious robotic cops robocops robocops the speeding cameras they're computer robot cops oh Okay, I thought you meant like the movie. She like, probably Robo would Cops. support that if it did exist. Like the guy goes around killing people, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Sarah. The number is 603-283-6160. That's the number you can join us here. And, and uh, apparently she is right. I did. Uh, we didn't hear that initially with the school bus crash, but mm. later on they did say that apparently this person who hit the school bus in the side uh, was indeed a street racer. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a danger to getting on the roads. Um, it's, yeah, it's, especially it's, the faster you go. Yeah, it's part of well, yeah, that too. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this is this keep is your kids things. home. That's the solution. Don't send them to government school. They'll either <laughs> get shot go. to death or they'll be hit by a street racer yeah. on the way home in the school bus. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there there is a danger to getting on the roads. There's a danger Every to time. life. There's yeah. a danger to waking up in the morning. And uh, what the most dangerous place in your home is in in your uh, bathroom, I believe. So, I mean, you know, uh, you can't solve every problem. But the thing that I think people need to remember is these threats are usually really, really, really tiny, so tiny that they can't even do scientific studies on them. Um, Meaning the odds that you're going to get hit by a street race are very, very, very slim. It's so slim that there's not going to be enough data uh, data in order to um, draw any conclusions from it. And yeah. it's 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 just it's silly. It's like you you may be doing harm and, and you certainly are doing harm because somebody's going to end up in a cage because of whatever law it is that you pass and for zero benefit and, and, and very likely. If you want to join us, you can hear the number 603-283-6160. Chris, you wanted to talk about Tor. It is uh, the onion router. That's what it stands for. That is a system that's been around for, I don't know, a couple decades now, it seems like. That allows people supposedly to remain anonymous when uh, browsing the what they call the dark web. Of course, they call it that because they're supposed to. It's supposed to sound scary. The mainstream media and the government uh, love to use that term, but the reality is, uh, it's a place where people can have some level of anonymity and therefore safety uh, to do things like call out corrupt governments. You know, a lot of people focus on the negative uses of the so-called dark web, like underground drug markets or whatever, even though we see that as positive yeah. uh, on this show. It's a lot more positive than it's, getting killed in Central Park trying to buy a bag of weed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tor, Tor was never designed for uh, that particular use case. It was designed 
uh, to protect journalists and right. you know repressed people and things like that. But you, the reality is, in order to have it be useful for that purpose and for the, it was actually also for the government military. Um, but in order to have it useful that purpose, you have to blend in, and so you have to also have these other use cases also. Indeed, and uh, Russia until just recently had outlawed or rather prohibited people from going to the Tor website, and we'll talk more about what's happened there coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here, and you can join us at 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160. Again, nobody and Chris in the studio here tonight. You can join us online anytime at freetalklive.com. And I want to say thanks to Robin Mock, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. It's a Patreon. She's a gold-level supporter over at amps.freetalklive.com that's amps.freetalklive.com that's where you can get signed up and help us advertise market promote and support free talk live to help get the ideas of liberty onto more radio stations all around the country thanks robin for helping us out there at amps.freetalklive.com let's go uh, we'll get into more about what's happening with tour in russia uh coming up but first jack is on the line in washington state go ahead jack okay Sarah called. Was she for or against drag racing? She is against drag racing uh, because she's worried that people are getting hurt. And uh, so, therefore, government needs to hurt people in order to stop people from getting hurt. <laughs> Next time, if she brings it up again, um, out of curiosity, I Googled, I Googled China and drag racing. And I guess they have a celebrated 100 years of drag racing, especially in Hong Kong. Wow. Um, which is a communist country. So I just thought that was funny with, with her. So what you're yeah, saying is even if she were to move to China, she wouldn't be able to get away from drag racing. Yeah, <laughs> her kids would have to wear a seatbelt probably, and definitely a mask. Hmm. It's not a full harness. <laughs> Anything else you want to share, Jack? No, that's it. Thanks. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. 603-283-6160. The tour... Uh, protocol the uh, the onion router is what they call it, Chris, and it's been around for a couple of decades. How long do you know? How long it was prohibited in Russia? People couldn't even go to the website. It actually just got blocked recently. Oh, web- really? Yeah. So it's the it's to be clear, it's it's not the protocol that's blocked. It's right. the Tor website, and and the reason they block it is to make it difficult for users to download Tor. Could you block the Tor protocol? Yes, to some degree, potentially, but there are um, there's going to be a worker obfuscations right? uh, okay. to prevent you from being able to detect the that Tor protocol exists. that it even exists. Um, there's actually a, a, a bunch of different sort of solutions that exist, mm-hmm. um, and in like the kind of the most I want to say, uh, so like you can use Tor in China then. Yeah, so the yeah. most censorship resistant solution basically makes it so that you're connecting to a single server somewhere uh, through like a, a relay, mm-hmm. uh, basically um, that is private, effectively. So um, only you have it, and so that it, that makes it much more difficult to block because normally um, it just looks like a data stream connected to yeah, and and, and if China tries to connect to it, it won't allow china's government to connect so mm. it doesn't know that it's it's a tour relay whereas it will allow you to connect but it will only let you connect ways to so. get past the great firewall of china yeah 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 basically <laughs> but russia prohibited the website itself meaning that people in russia 
Uh, the Russian Federation and, were unable right. to go to the and tour website. This certainly isn't the first country that's blocked mm-hmm. the tour uh, project website. And the idea so, was, well, if we block the website, then we can at least stop the average user from going and downloading right. the tour browser and trying out tour. And it's it's kind of humorous because there's just still actually ways to get around that. And one of the ways to get around that is to send an email uh, to I I don't I don't know exactly where you send it, but it's like some sort of like Gmail address or mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of addresses, and if you send an email to those addresses, you'll get a reply with like an executable or something like that, or a download link or yeah, something. A download link something something mm-hmm. something that isn't you know can't be blocked because you're the only one receiving that link or mm-hmm. something to that effect. Okay. Um. So and it's going to be on it's it's probably going to be on uh like servers or something that are like you know. Um, they're not going to probably block Google G Drive or something like that, right? So it gets probably, and I don't know exactly how it works, but one way it probably works is it's uploading like maybe an executable to G Drive, and then it sends you a link to G Drive through an email address of some kind, mm-hmm. and that kind of gets around. But the- you have to know about that, right? You do, right. And so the average person... You know, we might like to believe they're going to put some extra effort into trying to get to the thing that they're looking for, but how many of them are just going to give up? They're going to try to go to the website, it's not going to work, and they're going to call it a day. This is an interesting question, and I think a lot of it depends on how much interaction people have with the outside world, and I'm pretty sure that Russians have way more, on average anyway, interactions with the outside world Mm -hmm. than probably people in China. China has been very locked down, very censored. Their citizens can't leave very easily. Russia, by comparison, I think has a lot it's more. It's much freer by comparison, yeah. Um, true. Well, it's getting less free, but there's still way more interactions with the outside world. Mm-hmm. And as a result, there's probably a lot more people. Actually, I believe Russia is one of the um, top countries that uses that people. It's it's one of the leading countries in terms of user bases. So there's more people in Russia than other countries um, using it effectively. So, and that probably also goes to the fact that there is more interaction with the outside world, so they know about it, and therefore, you know, they know how to get around the blocking. Whereas in China, you know, it gets used too, but it's not going to be to the same degree because most people in China don't know about it because most people in China aren't interacting with the West. The West tends to be freer um russia is kind of closer to the west yeah um even you know geographically and things of that nature whereas a lot of countries in asia are much more authoritarian so even if you were to somehow leave china and china is a very big you know it's a continent right so it's harder to leave a continent than it is to leave you know russia because russia is attached and the population the core russian population is closer to the rest of europe which has you know the western uh, style nations so looks like uh, neither country did particularly well on the freedom house study the freedom house looks at uh different countries of the world and their political rights and civil so-called civil liberties now we're talking about russia and china here yeah china scored, no definitely they're both bad yeah china scored a nine out of i presume a maximum looks like a maximum of a hundred and russia got 19 so it's better than china it is it is but not that how much. did the ukraine do uh, good question. Let me uh, pull that one up here. Ukraine, according to the study, uh, got 61 on huh. this one. Wow. Interesting. United States at 83. Now, this isn't the economic freedom study that we normally look at, so I'll see if I can pull up the, uh, I think it's the Fraser Institute does it, both personal and economic freedom aggregation, mm. so that'll probably give us some different numbers. But anyway, go on. Yeah, so um, Tor Project, so, so this is a story coming from Torrent Freak, and the title of the story is Tor Project Unblocked, but Russia 
demands censorship, embroils Google. Mm. So they're actually going after Google, apparently. <laughs> after the main domain of piracy-focused anti-censorship, I'm sorry, privacy-focused anti-censorship tool Tor was blocked by Russian authorities last December, digital rights activists stepped in with successful legal challenge. So again, this is um, they're, they're not really clear about this, but they're they're talking about the website where you download the Tor uh, browser, not um, not necessarily Tor itself, because they they can't really fully block that. Right. Torproject.org is now unblocked, but as part of a new legal process, prosecutors are restating and broadening their case. Tor browser must be banned and deleted from Google Play. They insist. So. I guess that's wow. another way, you know, uh, I guess they're going to, you could download it from the Tor Project website, but you can't download it from Google Play anymore. So for your phone, basically. After years of government censorship to suppress dissident and maintain authorized narratives, unfiltered internet access in Russia is seen as a threat. Russia's measures include a massive domain name and IP address block, uh, block list governing what services can be legally delivered by ISPs. Yeah, and th- the other thing is they China uh Russia has very much China followed in China's footsteps in terms of mm. blocking with VPNs being blocked, a lot of VPNs if 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 you're not registered and effectively blocking, your VPN is not blocking uh the sites that the, the Russian government uh wants blocked, then your VPN is blocked. Wow. Yeah. I mean to the degree that they know that you exist. Whether that's the extremist organization behind Facebook and Instagram, BBC News, Google News, or thousands of streaming and torrent sites, access is routinely denied. Yes, they're actually blocking the BBC News and Facebook um, and Instagram, like like major websites. This is Russia? This is Russia. Okay. The Russian government's already doing this. Well, they started blocking Facebook apparently during the Ukraine situation because right. Facebook was going after uh, RT and other Russian things. Which which kind of makes sense in some respects as a, as a, like a retaliatory action, um, but we're going to continue good. the discussion here. And I did pull up the Fraser Institute. They have their Human Freedom Index. I got the most recent numbers from the 2021 study, uh, and I'll give you where China ranks compared to Russia. And since you asked Ukraine on this one, which again looks at both personal and economic freedom. So they average those together for what they call the overall human freedom score. Uh, We'll share that with you coming up here. You can share your thoughts with us. We're going to kick off hour number three in moments. The number is 603-283-6160. Maybe you've been following along with the Russia-Ukraine situation recently. We haven't been really doing too much with that in any detail like we were in the beginning of the the conflict. It's kind of died down, I think, the news in general. Well, the news may have died down, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people that are experiencing conflict. Oh, yeah. Right now. For Uh, sure. So if you want to join us, feel free to weigh in at 603-283-6160. Hour three is next here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program here, and you can join us. At 603-283-6160, that's 603-283-6160. We've been talking about the Russian Federation and their prohibition until just recently, apparently, of the Tor Network's website, where the average person could previously, in Russia, go to and download a copy of the Tor browser bundle, and that would allow them to easily get on Tor through whichever device they happen to be running, whether it be a Windows or Linux or 
uh, Mac or maybe even phone-based operating systems. Of course, uh, it's probably worth pointing out that if you're going to use Tor, the safest operating system is probably Linux uh, in oh, order yeah. to run mm. that uh, that browser bundle. But, in fact, not just Linux, but Tails explicitly. Mm, yes, yeah. and you'll have to do your own research on that because yeah. we're not going to get into all the details. Search for Tails and you'll, um, you'll find a, a, a distribution and operating system that's designed for Tor browser and, and, and basically being anonymous on the internet. Explicitly. But some anonymity is better than none. And uh, so using it is certainly better than, than not. Uh, but the Russian government had banned, so they, I presume, ordered all internet service providers to block users from accessing the Tor website. Yeah, the Tor website. And apparently they were blocking uh, nodes as well, at least the really? public ones, which isn't too surprising. Meaning the exit nodes or the um, the ones that Presumably exit nodes middle. and the relay nodes. Okay. So it makes it harder to connect. So you have mm. to go through that re... That, uh, I'm trying to think what they call it specifically. Oh, the, the terminology is... Uh, I'm at a loss at the moment. But it's basically a, a, like a, a relay explicitly. Okay. A private relay basically is what it is. To get you to uh, right. one of those nodes so, from outside yep. of the country. Yep. Uh, so there are workarounds and there there were workarounds, but then somebody apparently sued the Russian government in Russia. Yeah, over activists this. Uh, mounted a legal challenge and and won. Won. Oddly. Interesting that you can sue and win in Russian court. Yeah, yeah which actually is yeah. really bizarre because um, they're re- like like U.S. courts are really corrupt, but oh yeah, Russian courts. Yeah, <laughs> we got we they, they got not. Yeah, there's there's no comparison. <laughs> Yeah, and then I pulled up the numbers here. I said we just started talking about different levels of freedom in different parts of the world. And, of course, China came up as a comparison, right? Because they've got the firewall, the the great firewall of China, uh, where they block access to all kinds of information and and websites. Uh, China ranked in on the Human Freedom Index from the Fraser Institute. Now, Fraser Institute does... The Economic Freedom uh, Index of the World, and they do the Human Freedom Index, which looks at both uh, personal and economic freedom together, kind of give you an overall score. Uh, Their rankings show China. Out of 165 ranked nations, China at uh, number 150. So in the bottom, the bottom basically 15, uh, the Russian Federation a little bit higher up on the list at number 126. And then Ukraine, not that much higher, but still a little bit higher at number 98. So Ukraine's in the top 100, but it's still in the middle of the pack. So not, yeah. a, not a very free place at all. By nope. the way, since we've got the list up here, uh, Switzerland at number one, New Zealand at number two, which is insane considering the crackdown that they had uh, during COVID. Although this is data that's two years old. So you do have to mm. keep in mind when you're looking at these lists, mm. they're looking at 2019 data. I, you know, and the other thing I always like to point about, the, about point out about these lists is they're they're going to be they're going to look at certain freedoms, certain sure. things. They're not going to be able to take into account everything, uh, right? Of course not. So there's always going to be you know something you know <laughs> that is just like wait they did what? <laughs> Denmark at number three, number four, Estonia, the former uh, Soviet state, and number five, Ireland. You have to go all the way down to number fifteen before you get to the United States. Hmm. Again, that's the uh, Index of Human Freedom. We're going to go to your phone calls, though, more about Russia and what's going on over there with Tor. Coming up, uh, we first, though, have nobody else calling from Massachusetts. Go ahead, nobody else. Uh, yeah, thank you, Ian. Um, so I want to say this first. I was just I just got off the phone with a Lieutenant McKerney of the Massachusetts State Police. 
And it was a pretty back and forth, a little bit heated conversation about the incident that I, I did talk about it yesterday briefly with okay. uh, Mark. Well, oh, and, I wasn't um, on uh, Los, most of our listeners uh, yep. may not have heard it. So you're going to have to recap uh, uh, that. Yep. So basically uh state trooper lied right to my face where he came to a non-emergency call with his lights and sirens on. I, you know, being kind of a cop blocker mm-hmm. uh, person was in recording him. Massachusetts. In Mass, yep. Wow. In Granby, Mass. Um, the chief of police was right there. The town administrator was right there. Uh, the secretaries of the town were right there. And I asked the guy, I was like, did you come here with your lights on? And he's like, no. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, did you come here with your sirens on? He goes, yes. I go, okay. I, I look at him real good. And I'm like, did you come here with your lights on, sir? And then he says, yes. Mm. And again, he, wow. he has his body cam on me. I'm recording him. And uh, again, it was a non-emergency call. And again, I, I just went back and forth with this lieutenant. And it was kind of, it was kind of heated, but it was also good. And uh, I want to try to say this. Like, yeah, they have guns. And he's a, it, it's the incitement. It was an aspect of incitement. I was completely incited by the police officer doing that. And um, okay. this police officer kind of knows what I'm saying. And he said it. Like, it, what would to happen if, and I, I, I don't want to say the, state trooper's name i do have it um if that state trooper got into an accident on the way there and like killed someone that'd be bad and it was a non-emergency situation you said absolutely it was a non-emergency so the point of you calling this lieutenant today was to what follow up on this situation yeah to to try to get the ball rolling as far as now i got to file a citizen's complaint form the form sp340 and what do you expect that that will accomplish? Well, and that's that's a good question, Ian, and probably nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let's that's let's realistic. Just be fair. Oh yeah. Let's 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 be fair. But the the reason to call in, and I just want to say this to you know all other uh, listeners out there, um, to encourage you to call in and to talk about these problems for the for exactly what Ian just said. Um, and well, I, I want to say this real quick because see, they, he talking to the lieutenant. There's no more internal affairs, and he doesn't even know really? the acronym. It, it, yeah, they got rid I, of that. I, yes, because I guess they're going through you know uh, their own reprocessing. It's still you know there's still someone who does the investigations okay but it's just not under the name internal affairs i see <laughs> name change <It's> like, <laughs> publicity yeah, yeah. pr stuff like, thank you it's like you know huh. it's, it's the it's the run around but with different acronyms okay that's, and that's what he said he know, you wow. know so, so i'm guessing the it, best that you can hope for here is you fill out this form and then it might go into his file and then that'll be the end of it well, no, they, he did also give me, I, and again, it was a little bit of a heated conversation because I, I want to just briefly go into why I was calling the state trooper down okay. to um, the town hall anyway. Okay. And it, it comes down to, and I don't want to go that much into this and I'll get off the phone. But um, so I was in jail uh, last year 
Mm-hmm. And one of the things I witnessed in jail was a corrections officer was having other inmates intimidate me. Mm-hmm. And basically, I'm going to say right now, the between the corrections officer and the, the inmates, um, yeah, there was a little a drug ring in, in the jail. And yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty serious complaint I want to file against this other person. And I, I did get. Why were they intim- Why do you think they were intimidating you? Well, to sell their drugs, even to to. The, Why would they need to intimidate you they, to sell their drugs? Oh well, okay. I got, I got into an argument with uh, the corrections officer, and they. they I, I'll stick up for myself, Ian, in a sense. Like, um, so I, I was telling the corrections officer to um, to go to hell, and I was going to file a complaint against them. And so he had other inmates come and intimidate me. Okay, so I'm not real fine. clear on this, but hang on, we'll uh, we'll continue with what happened inside the jail because I don't really care. Like, why would anyone care if they're selling drugs? Like, that's a victimless uh, action. I, I think people should be high in their, if they're in jail. They're less likely to have a fight. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, you've got Ian. And nobody. And Chris. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Freedoms Phoenix, your source for all news, economic news, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. You can get the headlines from today all in one place and from a fresh libertarian perspective. At freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. We have a gentleman on the line here. He calls himself Nobody Else, uh, and he's calling from Massachusetts, was just telling us he was at the town hall for some reason. I don't recall if he said what that was yet, but they that he called the police for some reason. It was a non-emergency reason. State troopers showed up with lights on and sirens blaring, and then uh, you called out that state trooper for using his sirens unnecessarily in that uh, circumstance. You called the uh, his boss today to try to, I guess, file some sort of report. And then you took us back in time to when you were in jail last year. You said that other inmates were threatening you over yep. some sort of thing about they were dealing drugs and... Were you somehow a problem for them in their dealing of the, the drugs in the prison? And you said there was a guard involved in all this. So can you clear, clear that up for me? Yeah. The, the, okay, so the, I was trying to – I called the state police you know, yesterday to try to talk about the incidents that were happening in the jail. And then okay. I just you – know, and so, Ian, is it okay to pe- for people to intimidate people, though? And, you know, use threats of violence because no, that's what happened not. in the jail. No, but okay, I'm, I'm okay, just curious so. as to why that, why were you, why do you feel like you were being intimidated in the, in the jail? I was being, I was being, and because it's, it, Ian, it's jail, it's not a, it's kind of a hostile place. It was a hostile place. I mean, it could, it could very well be, it, but do you feel like there was a reason that they were picking on you as opposed to other people? Oh, I, I was, I was speaking out about Every, I, I was complaining that it, it, it was the Dartmouth House of Corrections, and basically the place is a horror show. It's, it's, it's the same. Go look up the guy. Go look up Sheriff Hodges, okay? okay. Just go type up some, some of his stuff, and you'll see that he is the same type of sheriff as like the, 
goddamn guy in like okay. Texas. So it, it, if I'm understanding you correctly, and I might not be, but you made some sort of complaint to a guard. The guard didn't like the complaint. And so he uh, stuck his, you know, minions who were other prisoners on you. Yes. Okay. What were you complaining about, though? Oh, uh, at the time, I can't even remember. So, but, and that's what happened. So it was just the, all the other crap that you're having to deal with, not being able to take a shower for maybe two days was Mm -hmm. probably it. Was this your first time in jail? Yes, it was. I see. I see. Yes, okay. it was. Um, so, so go ahead with the rest of whatever you were going to say. Well, one thing you you said it in is like um, I kind of understand your philosophy. I would like to be smoking joints in jail too, but the drugs they were dealing in there it, they could be dangerous in the like that scene. It, it's not. It's what, not what, what you, you want to see. That they're taking. Oh, what the hell is it? Like Xanax crushing it putting in their eyes and do why do you care it's, it's okay in in general okay it's putting then the fights break out Ian, and i don't want to get in the fight with the other inmates and also yeah it's it becomes crazy because then then the people are overdosing right in front of you so I, you don't was that what that you were either. complaining about were you complaining about the it's, fact that inmates were doing drugs because that's definitely not going to make you popular. I will definitely say that. Oh, if- I, no, I understand, no, I understand yeah. that. See, no, it's the, it's, see, I don't, like, I know I get your philosophy, too. I, I understand what you're saying. No, and so the guard should be helping to distribute them as well. Like, let well, yeah, the, the inmates can get it. The inmates can. Well, it's kind of hypocritical. So? Yeah, thank you. So. <laughs> the guy who's imprisoning you is is also committing an hey, act. You gotta get what you, if you want to get high, you got to get it <laughs> somehow, right? And either the guard well, sneaks they, they, it in or the inmate speaking, sneaks it yeah. in. Ian, I'll, I'll answer that. See, most of the other drugs that get in the jail, they get in there because the, the other inmates stuff them up their butt. Yeah, I know how it gets there. Okay, so, yeah. And meanwhile, then this other guard is, you know, helping take it out the butt, but. I'll I don't care. Up, I don't care how they're doing. I guess my concern here yeah. is it sounds to me like you got targeted because you were uh, having a problem with uh, what other people were doing in there, and you know that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying there. Yeah, I, I get Maybe it. Maybe you should I, I mean, leave like, other people alone and let them no, do their no, drugs. Wait. Uh, no, well, you're assuming that I was bothering the other inmates, and I definitely wasn't. It sounded to me like you were having a problem with the fact that people were doing um, drugs you didn't agree with. Did I misunderstand you? Let me clarify. The problem began, and see, how would you know the, you know, what guards are really corrupt in there? Like, I didn't have a problem with the inmates. I'll tell you that. I ended up getting, you know, basically... I was pretty much safe once I got uh, transferred to a different block unit, if you okay. understand what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I was completely safe once I got away from there. And then uh, the other other inmates, you know, how I, I adapted really well once I got out okay. of there. So gotcha. it, it is a thing of, I know what you're saying. But you decided you, so wanted to, there's, there's uh, to you wanted to, you know, out some drug dealing. Yeah, don't. don't yeah, don't 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 send Jailer. people to intimidate me because I like I, I not to say what, what happens if I, you know, basically I'll go and I'll fight these people on the street one on one. I'll say that right mm-hmm. now, you know, 
I guess, like, you know, like, like there's a lot you know, of things that a jailer could do that would be upsetting. And yeah. like, you know, absolutely like raping people or beating them or doing some sort of but, sick but stuff. Thank like you. That. And those things that those things were, you know, the abuse. I was seeing the abuse, too. And that, that's what I mean by this. The cell block. Yeah, was very that area was very hostile. They know it. You know what I'm saying? And then they move you to a less hostile like the um, how do I describe it? Like a an open gymnasium mm-hmm. I was in where like. I would say like 90 people were in there and I was completely Yikes. fine. Okay. No, well, you you're, you're completely fine in that area. It's in the the cells that you actually have to worry about where they'll let you get your ass beat and mm. and they want it that way. The sh- the sheriff wants it. He he basically will condone the violence. Ian. Yeah, that sucks. And they, man. they 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 have this they have the, you know, other people will just come up and assault you in. It's it's not I know what you're saying, and you don't have to. But it just depends on where you're at. You know, it depends on which jail. And, and I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, it depends on which jail you're in. Uh, nobody, uh, you, you sat pretty quietly during that call. You and I have both been uh, behind bars in in jails, although not in Massachusetts. What are your thoughts on his experience? Um, I I'm not real clear on what happened. It sounds um, like he got into a fight, uh, or it sounds like yeah. he was being threatened by some uh, some other inmates at the behest of a guard. Yeah, it which does happen. Um, I couldn't get a read really on whether he was trying to rat people out for doing drugs, in which case, you know, s- snitches get stitches. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he wasn't real clear about that, was he? No, yeah. it seemed like he was, uh, um, like he didn't really want to say what happened past a certain point. So yeah, I, I have I to say I was giving really him the benefit clear. of the doubt there on that one. Seemed kind of shifty. It, he did, uh, but to me. Uh, more coming up here in moments. You can join us. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here and bring up what you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Don't forget, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have a social media platform that we run. It's on our website. And you can go to social.freetalklive.com to access it. It's a Mastodon-based system, which means that it's open source. It's self-hosted. It is also federated, as they say. Uh, that means that it's connected with the other Mastodons out there in the world, unless those other Mastodons decide they don't want to be connected to us. That's their freedom to choose in a federation like Mastodon. It's a very, very cool system, and it's free. Uh, you can go and express yourself and not have to worry about the the man coming down on you uh, as far as the big, big media, big tech goons trying to tell you what you can and can't say. So head over to social.freetalklive.com. We go to Stephen. He's in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Stephen. Hey, so I want to just comment on your previous caller. Um, I have done a year or so in different counties. Can you get out of the um, kitchen? It's really, really loud. Sorry. So I've done about a year in county Um over like some different time periods. And last summer I did six months. I did from April to October. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Georgia, getting you in Georgia, Yikes. getting drugs in jail is the best part about being in jail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Like, so I don't understand. And, and here's what, like, here's why this is so important to me. Um, I was a libertarian before I went in. I was an activist before I went in. And, like, I just saw so many problems or what I thought were problems with what we're trying to do. And you're just like, we can't do this because we don't have our own currency. We can't do this because we don't have this set up. We don't have this because we don't have this governing body. And then you go to jail, and it's like, dude, if you want it to be, soup can be dollars. right? Soup like, can be dollars, you said, meaning people are trading food. Yeah. I've seen that happen. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The, the What is the ramen noodles or whatever sure. that they trade yep, yep. in prison? As, as a, they use it as a currency. Ramen noodles. Like, everything's measured in ramen, right? So, like... This pill seven ramen. This pill four ramen. This beef jerky stick three ramen. Yeah. This is half a ramen. And it's like, it, and when you look, when I saw that, and I was like, wait, they have an economy. Not only do they have an economy, but they have an illegal economy. Mm-hmm. They have a quote unquote uh, illegitimate economy, but it's fully functioning. It's flourishing. And you know who's like, you know who's in the room? The state. The state is watching us do this. And they can't stop it. And it was just such an eye-opening mm. epiphany. Like, it was good for my soul to, like, look around and go, even in their cell block institution, they can't stop us if we work together. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of people have pointed that I out. Mean, even I, those I on- have to say, that's the most optimistic <laughs> uh, Optimistic look on <laughs> being caged by well, the government. I have ever going, heard. If you're going into a cage, you better keep your and, optimism and about look, you, it's, or it's going to be a miserable experience. I, I think oh, what yeah. you're saying is true to, to some degree, but it's like, wow. No, it's absolutely the truth. Uh, and you know, people on the outside are able to observe to some extent this. They've always made the point that. Uh, the state can't keep drugs out of its own prisons. And, right. of course, you know, there's so much security, right? Like, the, the whole war on drugs is predicated on the idea that if you just crack down hard enough, that they'll be able to stop people from using drugs. And we know that that is not true, and the fact that it, drugs are in prisons uh, is proof that they, they cannot ever stop Well, drugs. you just have to make sure that you have less prison, less freedom outside prison than they have inside prison, and then, mm. and then the drugs will finally go away. There you go. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to share, Stephen? Yeah, um, if you haven't done it, if you've ever been to jail, here's what you need to do. You need to go in with about 200 bucks, and you need to, like, cash your store out, get a bunch of things, start a store, start a trading post, trade amongst the gangs, and then when you have enough money, like, saved up for personal use, so, like, you're, you're keeping your store going, you've got your business going, you've got your side hustle going, cash out with somebody that's got weed, and the funniest experience ever is when your eyes are bloodshot, and, like, the guard walks by from more in head count, he's like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, the question is, What's wrong with your wife, man? Like, that's the greatest experience in jail. All right, so tell me this. Jail, at least here in New Hampshire, is a fairly high-security place. Uh, the, the ones that like Mark, or that uh, you and I have been to, nobody. There's individual cells, uh, except for the last one we went to. There were some open open air cell blocks there mm-hmm. uh, with multiple beds. But in a lot of cases, you know, there's, there's people around. And uh, how do you smoke weed? in jail how did you accomplish that all right so there's two things you have to like kind of understand one obtaining the weed right um 
And that just comes down to an either having the right friends or being in the right gang, sure. which I didn't want to be in a gang. And like, I'm just, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the other way is to like have your hustle. Right. So like this gang, like the, the Aryan brotherhood will not trade with the blood and the ghost face gangsters will not trade with the crypt and the gangster disciples will not trade with this guy and so on and so forth. So like, if you're not in a gang, but you're polite and you're not a pushover, you can be that middleman for all of these people. Like these guys need this, but they won't go to those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You get your hustle going and like you start your business. The other thing you have to understand is how do you ignite the weed? And here's where it gets really like, so I was like a third timer, but I was considered new because I'd never been in prison. Mm-hmm. Well, I get put in a room with a guy that's done decades. And um, you're just to clarify, you're not in prison. You're in jail because it's, I presume in yeah. Georgia, it's like most places where if you're in for less than a year, you're not in a prison, you're in a jail, right? Um. So there are guys in that jail that are doing five, six years. Oh, wow. Because like they're waiting on trial or uh-huh. oh. um, the way that they're... Or, like, they don't have state charges, But right? still, so you're in jail. Jail. you're not in prison. Yeah. Okay, got I'm it. In, I'm in a county facility, yeah. Got it, okay. Um, and so, he looks at me, and, like, two occasions he saved my high end. One was, I probably had $100 in pills, and they go to do a shakedown. He looks at me and goes, how about I keep 10% of everything that I get, to, like, I save you, and I go, deal. He saves that. The other time was, like, how the hell did I he save you from a shakedown? Wait, this was a guard? No, it's another uh, inmate. It's another inmate. Um, he popped out the light fixture and threw the pills up there. But, like, <laughs> you're looking at it, you're like, there's no way to open this. And, like, I've been playing with this light fixture for, like, two weeks, and he does it in, like, 30 seconds, um, which is really embarrassing. Mm. But he, like, I somehow get um, 10.5 ounces. Or not no, 10.5 grams. Okay. I was going to say, was, no way you're going <laughs> to conceal that. You would have to have a big butt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There are people so, like that. So how did so, so this dude provided a lighter or a match? Or like, how did that happen? No. So outside, there's a place to hook up like hair clippers. Uh-huh. And so what you do is you get one guy over on the other side of the guard shack talking to the guard. and then. You take two staples and you shove them inside the the light fixture, the the outlet. That creates you touch them together. That creates a spark. If you have the joint close enough, you can ignite it. So I'm over here. How the he hell do you not uh, electrocute yourself shoving things into an oh, outlet? You're, you're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it. But you're also gonna <laughs> oh my get god. High, so like, <laughs> That's just part of the high. Wow. <laughs> All I was thinking is, you do you have like rubber, like something, some sort of rubber thing on your your pants or something that you can hold to insulate yourself from the? No, probably uh, not. <laughs> Damn. No, like, you, all right. So you don't know true desperation when you really need to get high. You figure out a way. You'll do it. Really, yeah, I don't. Wow. And, and here's the deal: if you got the weed, your funky's gonna get the sack. Yeah, my time in a cage was less than an hour, so uh, don't know if it really counts. <laughs> Not really. No. Uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Stephen, for the call tonight. Wow. All right. That's interesting. I learned something from that one. Yeah, for sure. 603-283-6160. need more interesting callers like that. That's 603-283-6160. Distract the guard and shove staples into the outlet and use that to create a spark.
Free Talk Live. And the phones are open here if you want to join us. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And here in the studio with you, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And join us online over at freetalklive.com. The features are free. Uh, over at freetalklive.com, and uh, we appreciate you checking out the website. There's some, uh, there's, there's kind of a new thing going on in the background. We've got the uh, the new megaphone platform that we're putting the show up on. For those of you that subscribe to the podcast, you shouldn't notice any interruption in service. Um, and if you are not subscribed to our podcast, then you can do that. Just go to feeds.freetalklive.com. You'll find links there to our podcast RSS feeds. You can copy that and drop it into your favorite podcast client, whatever that happens to be. There's also links to popular ways to listen, like Spotify and iHeartMedia and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, all there at feeds.freetalklive.com. we go got a major pain on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, Ed. Hey, Major. Your callers have intrigued me, and uh, I've been in jail from... Michigan to the West Coast. Okay. And all over a a misdemeanor that happened, oh, 20 years ago. But the feds, with the interstate commerce law, figured out how to turn it into a felony. Hmm. And uh, now it's a long, sad tale. But anyway, the ugliest jail I was ever in was Yellowstone County. Was what? Yellowstone County? Where is that? It's all the way out at the uh, edge of Montana. Okay. Interesting. It's along the Yellowstone River. Gotcha. And it was a very, very old cell block. They kept us locked down for 23 hours a day. E. Yep. Two men into a cell, what should have been a one-man cell. Right. And uh, there was... There was a ghost, dude. There was a large black man that had been zapped with a taser to death. Really? Because when you when you got, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to do the math here. I think there was 23, 24 blocks up and down. So you're talking 50 men mm-hmm. to take a shower with one out twice a day, right? And this 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 fella, he uh, was suds up and wouldn't obey the guards, and he got whacked with the mm. taser, and he died. And his his uh, dude, I'm telling you, gosh, it was supposed to rest on the back of my neck. I couldn't hear quite what you said there. You're telling us what? He got whacked with a taser to death. He was wet. Mm. It was like a 300-pound dude and two, three guards are whacking him with a taser trying to get him the hell out of the shower. Huh. And uh, and you yeah, believe it, that, it, that that person's ghost is haunting this jail? It was haunting it while you were there? I got better for you. I sent him, I think I sent him to the other side. Because <laughs> he come by one time. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I don't want to even say this because you're going to think I'm freaking crazy. But I told him, I says, your grandmama, your mama, I says, somebody you know you love has died and gone to the other side. I says, you need to call them because the window has been shut to you. 
I say, so you need to call them and ask them. Let me in. Open the door and go to the light. And 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 it stopped. I was in there for another three months after that. And uh, hell, there was another guy hung himself with his bed sheets over iron railings. Jeez. It was, uh, wasn't it was Epstein. He didn't kill himself. <laughs> and this was all because of a misdemeanor in Michigan. It's crazy. Got hemmed up by the feds. Thanks, Mayor, uh, Major, for the ghost story tonight. I appreciate it. The number here is 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything you want here on Free Talk Live. So, Chris, uh, to come back around to the story we were discussing uh, prior to the jail calls, you had announced to us that there was a lawsuit in Russia that yeah. successfully has restored the Russian people to be able to access online to go to the Tor browser website and download the Tor browser bundle. Yeah, uh, for, at least for the moment. The blocking of the Tor project website was unusual. The authority to implement an ISP blockade was granted at the district court back in 2017, but local telecoms watchdog only alerted the Tor project to uh, imminent blocking early uh, in early December of 2021. Hmm. Tor project decided that in addition to technical response, legal action would be required in partnership with the digital rights activists. The Tor project filed an appeal at the district court. They argued that the blocking decision should be reversed because it was issued without giving Tor representatives an opportunity to participate a violation of their procedural rights. In Russia. In Russia. Huh. Court agrees. Blocking The decision, district court agreed. Yeah. Wow. Blocking decision set aside. Um, an announcement reveals that the appeal was a success. The lawyer says that the exclusion of the tour project provided an absolute basis for setting the decision aside, and the court agreed the domain was ordered to be unblocked, but an outright victory is still far away. What's interesting is um, they're blocking the nodes as well, so mm-hmm. I'm wondering, was the, were those unblocked, or was mm-hmm. it just the website unblocked? So why but, does it say that the victory is still far away, though? Well, let's find out. Yeah. A second... Submission by the tour project stating that the Russian law does not contain any general prohibition on the dissemination of information related to anonymizing tools such as tour was rejected by the prosecutor and telecoms watchdog with the later claiming that the courts have unlimited power to recognize any information as prohibited with no need to address that debate as part of the appeal. The judge ordered the blocking case to be heard at a new trial. So basically, it, it, it sounds like this the, is going back to it, it's a got trial. It's there never was a trial. It was right, just okay. an order. Um, so he's saying there needs to be a trial. There has to this? be a trial uh, because they want to. They were not alerted to the fact that they that their website was being blocked. So mm-hmm. now there has to be a trial, and they have an opportunity to, I guess, put up to a defense. Defend. Yeah. Okay. So in the meantime, it's unblocked. Hmm. So that alone is super interesting because this yeah. is Russia. <laughs> you don't right. think you can fight stuff like this in Russia, but apparently you can. Uh, whether or not they win in the end, you know, is another matter. Yeah. But yeah, the Russians seem to have, um, in some ways, they're sticklers for um, for procedure. There was a rule in the Russian gulags that said that every prisoner complained had to be read and and responded to. And so the prisoners set up this pipeline where they would just create 
thousands and thousands <laughs> of thousands of complaints and the uh apparently the people running the gulags were pretty anal about following their own rules and they and they managed to cause a real problem for them by mm. generating all these complaints and they had to hire new people to to read these complaints wow. and it's really kind of funny in a in a in in the midst of a system that's completely arbitrary and unfair um i was that, reading uh the gulag archipelago when i was in jail most recently when you or i were, uh, uh-huh. were in there last year and it's one of the most insane books i've ever read probably the most insane book yeah uh also very hilarious in how sick and like twisted and backwards and crazy uh all that stuff was if you've never read mm-hmm. uh and i only read the first of the three books i'm in the middle of the second one and since i'm not in jail it's taken me a lot longer to, uh, <laughs> to get through <laughs> yeah jail gives you a lot of time to read <laughs> the second one but yeah i highly recommend that because it's it's nuts and of course a lot of the stuff that was going on back then still goes on today yeah yeah, it's it's really amazing, like how little reform there's been. I don't know if I ever expect any real reform, but you know how little has changed in terms of you know the, the kind of you know rights violating nonsense that goes on. Yeah, um, you they still get away with it. Yeah, I mean most of the time. It's, I mean, you can't fight every little violation, so you got to pick your battles. Right. And usually, it's, they it's win. the one they're coming at you with. So, yeah, yeah, but you can leave the country now. Can you? So, well, uh, Russia. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you we can, can leave. If Russia, you're not, okay. if you're not, I was gonna say I can't. Leave. If you're not <laughs> wanted by their government, you can leave the country, yeah. maybe. But if you're wanted mm-hmm. by their government of Russia, you probably won't be able to leave. Just like you guys aren't allowed to leave at the moment. Yeah, the United well, States. So, yeah. yeah, they wouldn't like it very much. That's yeah. uh, that's for sure. But you won't get you you can get out without getting shot at the Berlin Wall. That like, much is probably like true. They used to these uh, days, like they used to do. Yeah, that might be. All right, out of time for tonight, but we're going to be back tomorrow. And you can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com, where a myriad of features await you, including archives that go back for years. Go and enjoy for free at freetalklive.com, and we'll see you tomorrow night.